1: The doctor is in. Yes, it commences. The doctor is in. Dr. Rashid Batar, Advanced Medicine Monday, officially underway here on our new stations all over America through GCN Live, Natural News, com, etc. Dr. Batar, my friend. How are you, Robert? Doing well, doing well. Stunning stories, though, we've been uh, covering since, uh, well, since we kicked it in last week. Uh, one that you pointed out to me, I think uh, your wife sent this out, there's some Medicare fraud horror and I'm thinking, what is a Medicare fraud horror except that uh, uh, docs can bill for anything that they're already normally trained in doing, but this one might even be worse?
0: Yeah, this is, this is just unbelievable. It actually it puts the picture of a horror movie in, in your mind because it's about a cancer doctor indicted for billing unnecessary chemo, but the amount of it, I mean $150 million of chemo within the three-year time frame.
1: So it only took Medicare about 3 years to figure this thing out so you could bill 150 million giving chemo to people who don't need it. Of course, we, you know our perspective is that pretty nobody much nobody needs all, it. Right? Yeah, all chemo is unnecessary unless you're trying to kill the patient. Uh, the you know this is a the brutal thing for people to hear if they're new to this kind of idea or thought form. But allopathic oncology is, is it's a mechanism by which they profit off of disease and even iatrogenic death, if you will, because the medicines are more toxic and dangerous than the cancer they're claiming to treat.
0: Exactly, and the interesting thing here is the system has actually arrested this doctor for what we would probably say all doctors should be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, well, at least at least call in the question. Arrested, but at least, you know, they, they think they're trying to do the right thing. But this guy was put on a $9 million bond because he charged $150 million over a three-year period for giving all these patients mm-hmm. unnecessary chemo. Apparently, even in the parking lot, in their cars, drive-through chemo. That's kind of got to – Yeah, know, it was
1: inevitable it. it was going to go this way. One of the things here, this Dr. Fata uh, routinely prescribed chemotherapy and other drastic medical interventions for patients who are either healthy or ill but in need of alternate or, as they say, different treatments. We're not talking about natural stuff. But here you got another acknowledgement, although in a different way. Remember, we've covered recently the the JAMA articles that are stunning, one in particular that claims that they goofed on cancer altogether. 30 years of cancer diagnoses, most of them, in fact, millions perhaps, were wrongfully diagnosed that were not even truly cancer.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, Robert, I think this indicates that the universal consciousness that we've talked about so many times is improving and increasing, and the awareness is exponentially getting better and better and I think this goes hand in hand with those medical journals with the New England Journal of Medicine and JAMA putting out these studies that traditionally we would have never thought would ever be published but they are getting more recognition like the TAC trial that we talked about yes also, I think it was last week or two weeks ago. So I think this is part and parcel of that, even though this is pretty egregious on the opposite extreme.
1: Well, and, and last week I, I I covered a bit on a story. I think it was out of uh, Vermont, somewhere up in the in, in New England area, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but about kids now. This particular child born, the parents couldn't breastfeed as, as much as they wanted to, and they were on goat milk, and the doctor turned the parents in to the right, state. Right, that was Maine. That it was Maine, and was
0: that's – yeah that's yeah that's exactly it was maine
1: and then you tell me off the air before we even kick in today which is fascinating that you got a connection with a a phd is it an attorney as well that is involved right away and found out the details that i was not exaggerating about the threats to this family simply because they were feeding this baby a, a goat milk formula that they made themselves
0: right exactly in fact Dr. uh, John Calvin Jones he's a PhD and a JD Mm -hmm. so he's a professor of law and uh, we've got him online today hopefully that we can get him on Robert I think he's standing by so yeah
1: professor uh, Dr. uh, John Calvin Jones are you with us John, he's there. Hey, excellent. Now, you connected with Dr. Rush. By the way, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. I don't want to be a, a horrible host and not welcome you here. And uh, Dr. Bittar told me a little bit about your background, that you you reached out to this family. But before we j- jump into that, how is it that you got connected or even knew about the story?
2: I heard it from your show, Robert Scott Bell, actually. Uh, thank you and uh, for welcoming me on the show. I listen to you regularly, and I heard the show. And... I thought, like a a lot of people do, this doesn't sound right. Maybe it's not right. So I did a little quick little internet search, found family names, and I figured that the grandmother would probably have her number listed somewhere. And I searched for the grandmother. Her name's Tanya Allen. He was noted in one of the stories. And I called her up. And I said, hey, my name is Dr. John Calvin Jones, and I'd like to help. And I heard these things about your family, and I started talking to the family ever since then, and I was able to get some details. And I think if we get the message out to the right people, this family can get help, but they are in serious need of some assistance, legal and political, and you know, P- at the PR level.
1: Yeah, and Dr. Batar, you know, we've talked about some of these family issues, the vaccine issue, the controversies like this, but imagine the state coming to take a baby away that's healthy. And then we're going to find out about the health of this child uh, from what uh, uh, Dr. John Calvin Jones has found out as well uh, directly. But, Dr. Bittar, the idea of feeding a, a baby goat milk, I mean, this has been used for generations for those that couldn't breastfeed. Goat milk was a natural substitute.
0: Yeah, I think the real relevant point here, and I think Dr. Jones brought this up on the little press release that he put together himself,
1: mm-hmm. is
0: that this wasn't a wealthy, well-to-do type family. This is a socio- the socioeconomic basis of this family was deficient, uh, to say the least. She's a young, unwed mother, and the system just saw her as a perfect person to go after because she just happens to have her own mother who's more aware and more educated and knows what she should do to, uh, from a preventive basis. And, you know, the those of us that have resources or have a couple of letters behind our names, We can have the liberty to do whatever we want, but those that may not have the same socioeconomic privileges, Mm -hmm. they are essentially victims of the system anytime the system wants to victimize them.
1: Well, they're very easy to, you t- typically to intimidate somebody who's uh, coming uh, from a more p- impoverished background or on any form of welfare as such. And uh, I'm not one that argues that you should be to have to give up their rights because of it. I think it's a horrible circumstance if you have to be in it. Uh, but oftentimes the state, you, like bullies, then begins to dictate everything about these, these uh, families' lives and these children trying to uh, mandate a vaccine that they still may have a religious uh, belief ex- uh, that would uh, pr- afford them an exemption from that.
0: Exactly and I think the the details of the story because this child actually has done very well dr. Jones you may want to go ahead and elaborate but I understand that the mother and the father are both smaller in stature the child is smaller but still thirty to fifty percent of the height weight uh,
1: and the percent yeah
0: and- it is well nourished well hydrated doing very well is vaccine free there's no problems and even though the child appears for all from all physical Parameters exceptionally healthy. The fact that the child is being given goat's milk with other substances like aloe vera, etc., nutritional beneficial things, agave, etc., mm-hmm. that that this because the child's on this natural formula with goat's milk as a base that the mother and the grandmother both agreed to that because it deviates from the quote standard. They have singled them out, and you may want to go into more details. But there's nothing wrong with this child, and and parents, to the parents and the grandparents' credit, they have been able to still maintain abstinence from the vaccines, which is, was their initial goal.
2: Yes, if I can uh, jump in. Yes, please. This family, I would say, they're working class. Mm-hmm. They're not not uh, impoverished by any sense. The, okay. the the father of the child's a full time commercial fisherman. You know, and in fact, he he works and they earn enough where this young woman can be a stay-at-home mom. So, again, I try to explain some of that in the press release that I sent out, which is it might not be ideal in some respects, but this baby has adult uh, supervision, adult contact, twenty-four-seven family contact, and in my mind, you know, I have my own children. That's just ideal, and so they're they're doing that. And as you said, uh, Dr. Batar. No vaccines here. it was a classic case of an a teen mother. You could see what happened the The folks at the WIC office or the folks from the the state health office they said, "Aha, we know how to treat these unwed teen mothers we 're going to treat them like they 're stupid, treat them like they 're naive, and bowl them over and they said, "Well, come in for a doctor 's appointment and the and the young girl." again, being counseled from her mother, said, wait a second, we don't go to the doctor just because you say go to the doctor with a baby. We go if a baby's sick. Our child's not sick. They went in, and uh, one of the local doctors there pushed vaccines. The the young mother said, no, thank you. Don't need that. That was in the first month. And then, as you said last week, Robert, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all of a sudden, she goes into the WIC office. She's talking... They ask about breastfeeding, and she says, well, I'm actually not breastfeeding. And again, you could imagine... What a, what a young 17-year-old who has a healthy baby who's, who's fed it this goat's milk and other nutritious things would want to share information and want to help these other people in, in, in the WIC office or other maybe help other mothers we, we know not everyone can breastfeed uh, it, it's, a, it's a great blessing if you can but it can be trying, it can be difficult this baby was a preemie we know that sometimes there's difficulties there either with the milk production or with the baby's ability to digest it well and so this young woman shares, oh, my mother and I, we've, we've come up with our own baby formula with goat's milk. They didn't say anything negative at the at the WIC office, the, the grandmother tells me. The young woman leaves, and the next day, bam, the CPS worker shows up and says, what are you doing? This child is in grave danger. This child needs to go to see a doctor right away. And it starts the whole ball rolling of micromanaging their lives and thinking in a sense that the state agents own this child and they can – do almost anything. I don't know if we have time now. no we got to take uh, a
1: break soon. But I, I as I understood it, that, that the thre- the threat was unless they put this child on baby formula, there might be some further action taken in. And this wasn't even bringing up the vaccine issue just yet. But it's a it's a stunning, uh, let's say, uh, a level another level of awareness that we want to bring out. And it's as important as anything that I do here on the Robert scott Bell Show with Dr. Batar. If you really care about kids and families. You want to have these families come together and raise these children without interference of a medical, governmental, complex, conflicts of interest type nature. So stand by. We've got a lot more healing to go on the Robert Scott Bell Show. It is Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Bittar and Dr. John Calvin Jones. Back after this.
2: You're listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show. On bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom here's robert
1: if you ever miss a moment of the robert scott bell show particularly here on monday advanced medicine monday with dr rasha bittar the 100 plus 200 almost hours of advanced medicine monday shows available through MedicalRewind.com. check it out all the links are up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com Glad to as well today have Professor Dr. John Calvin Jones with us as well. And Dr. Batar, thanks for connecting us. What a great guy.
0: Yeah, I thought it would be very remiss of us if we did not have him on the show today.
1: Yeah, check out the press release. We have it linked up in the show notes as well if you want to read about this. Because some folks, uh, Dr. Jones had had argued that I was exaggerating when I talked about the threat to the family and the children just simply because they were providing goat milk instead of, uh, uh, well, baby formula in this case because they weren't breastfeeding, but you're, you're saying it wasn't an exaggeration.
2: Right. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, no go ahead. If, go ahead. If I could explain, again, if we want to give the benefit of the doubt to the CPS, the Child Protective Service workers, the the folks at the Department of Health and Human Services in Maine, we could say, all right, we have a teen mother, we have a preemie. That's understandable. The, the mother says she's not breastfeeding. Okay, that it's understandable to have a little bit of concern however this child was seen by a medical doctor un, who's connected with the state at, at, after month 1 no complaint made no issue of oh my goodness need to go to the hospital this child was seen by another medical doctor of the family's choosing uh, about at age 3 months and the doctor gave a clean bill of health as a doctor rice that doc the family thought once we This was after the report about the goat's milk. So they had a doctor report before the report about the goat's milk. You got a goat's milk investigation issue. You have another doctor that says baby's perfectly fine. They gave that to CPS. CPS took that report and somehow came back a day or two later. uh, The woman's name is Christy Lighton, the the CPS worker. And she says the head of Maine's, I guess it's their child abuse clinic or what have you, a sight unseen declared that that child, Carson, was in dire need of medical attention, even though a medical report literally 24 to 40 hours before said the baby's perfectly healthy and fine. Someone sight unseen says this baby's in in jeopardy. That was the whole story you mentioned last week, Robert, about them going to the hospital and Mm -hmm. and watching the baby overnight. And as you could imagine, the baby did eat the, the commercial formula, spitting up. Constipated. We can imagine what happens when you go from healthy food to, you know, this GMO-laden uh, processed food. But that's beside the point. Subsequently, just two days ago, uh, the, the CPS worker saw the child again. The CPS worker told the family she'd seen the baby on television and that he was looking better, healthier. He had another doctor's appointment with a third doctor, again, a clean bill of health. But this family has been told they must take this baby – to a child abuse clinic in Portland, Maine on September 5th. And that's really what my objective is here to help uh, prevent this because I don't see how it can get any better.
1: Well, a a child abuse clinic, are they talking about some kind of medical nutritional neglect because they were using goat milk?
2: who, Who knows? It's just a child abuse clinic. But here's the kicker. Who is the doctor who's the, supposed to examine this child on September 5th? The same one who a month, a couple of weeks ago, sight unseen, said this child was in dire need of medical attention, and he didn't get any. They, hey, he d- Dr. Batar, didn't get
1: any. Dr. Batar, you know how much I appreciate and, and, and I trust and, and, and I know you, but even you are not going to give a diagnosis like that sight unseen, either good, bad, or indifferent. You know, you could certainly have an indication, for some, but you don't just say, nope, that, that baby's in, in severe danger based on okay. this information.
0: Well, absolutely, I don't think anybody would, anybody could, but here's a question. Is that
2: the Dr. Tasha Hoffman,
0: is that the one that made this
2: diagnosis sight unseen? No, Lawrence Ricci, he's the one who's at the head of the child abuse clinic or the, the child abuse expert for the state.
0: Hmm. I see. So they said that Dr. Hoffman, that was only to do with the vaccine issue.
2: She, Dr. Hoffman saw the baby at month one and month three, again, pushing vaccines both times, and the Dr. Ricci, I guess is, if you, I don't know the whole hierarchy of their of the CPS in Maine, yeah. but apparently he's he the CPS worker came and said we have an you have an appointment with him and the child abuse clinic. You know, show up on September 5th. Now the family, I advise them again, I have a law degree, I know some basic civil procedure, and uh, they need to get an injunction. They yeah. basically need to go to a court and say, Judge, tell the CPS to back off. Tell them they can't do this. We have other medical reports. If you want to have a hearing to say whether we should or should not bring this baby in to get another medical evaluation. That's one thing. But to, you're basically taking this child to right. someone who you already know has reason to say he's the we, baby's we not well. We come back
1: to jurisdictional issues. They want this baby on GMO soy formula. It's, this is a crime against kids and families. We're going to get more into it on the other side of this break. You're listening to a special edition of Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rasha Bittar and special guest Dr. John Calvin Jones back after this. Live around the world, the Robert Robert Scott Bell Show. Show. Just how important is it to uh, keep your family intact and, uh, uh, let's say, safe from attack from even the authorities or maybe especially the authorities in modern medicine that are in cahoots, if you will, with government. I talk about the medical industrial complex as well as the medical monopoly that is sanctioned by government. It's a state-sanctioned religion. Here they are trying to take on another family, another baby that is healthy, and they're going to make them unhealthy if this happens. Uh, Joining me on Advanced Medicine Monday along with Dr. Rasha Batar, is uh, Ph.D. Dr. John Calvin Jones. We have his information linked up in the show notes today, and this is quite a story, Dr. Batar, that we've got another one coming out like this. This one's about Baby Carson, and the mother's name is Alora. But this, yeah, is-
0: Robert, this is uh, this is really a very interesting story. And what's really infuriating me about this, a little bit different than what is Dr. Jones's concern and
1: mm-hmm.
0: possibly even yours. What's really infuriating me is that this Dr. Hoffman and this then Dr. Ricci, yeah, Dr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. make a conclusion. So basically, Dr. Let me go back for a second. Dr. Hoffman makes a conclusion that this child, because of the type of formula she's in, she doesn't agree with the formula, so the, the baby's doing well. Her agenda is pushing the vaccines. She reports the child is being in grave danger to Child Protective Services. Child Protective Services, whatever they call them, agents or counselors or whatever, Christy Layton then takes the complaint, and it gets to this Dr. Ricci, who, again, as Dr. Jones mentioned, sight and unseen – without examining the child, without making any conclusive examination or assessment or even reviewing any medical information, just took the reports of this Dr. Hoffman and the caseworker and made, an, made a conclusion that this child was, and let me get the exact wording here, is in desperate need of medical attention. That is infuriating.
1: Incredible. Incredible. But, again, jurisdictional issues, how do they get the, the access to these parents? As I said, a warning, stay out of hospitals. If you can afford to, and in and, and any way, shape, or form you can not need to go to them, please stay out of them because they uh, automatically, let's say, assume that they have jurisdiction over these children. We've talked about birth certificate issues. I don't want to uh, sideline it, but I think it's an important thing to bring up here. And, of course, with your legal background, Dr. Jones, you understand what I'm talking about. In law, ev- jurisdiction is everything.
2: Right. What happens is, you know, I have a birth certificate for my daughter, that was done seven years ago. If I had a child now, there's no way in heck that I would register my daughter with whatever local municipality. I would get a family bible, I'd mm-hmm. get some religious text of whatever kind. I would have a couple witnesses, and we'd write right in there the date our child's born, the place, and the time, and all that. And I would use that whether it be to, you know, enroll the child in school if if it need be, or to sh- demonstrate age, and or of course to get a passport. Which some of us know, we, some of us want to leave the country, yeah. even though you might want to get one, even though, again, arguably you don't need one necessarily. It's just another safe piece of paper to have. But I think, yes, sadly, because this uh, child was registered in a sense with the state and the mother was connected, you know, again, not their fault, arguably understandable. If you're a, a young person and you're worried about complications of pregnancy, you, you don't know what can go wrong in first-time pregnancy – you wanna have that little security blanket. In this instance, they've really taken it and used it as a as a weapon
1: against this family. You. Exactly. That's that's the point here. And thank you for backing me up on that because I don't claim to be a lawyer although Uh, I think just like uh, I don't claim to be a medical doctor, we recognize that having the degree does not make you smart necessarily by definition. And, in fact, you can do research that goes far beyond or exceeds any particular profession. And in this regard, I've come to this conclusion as well, which is why I made the decisions I have for my family. But a lot of people are waking up to this nightmare, and here's a a case in point of another baby uh, being subjected to this. So the question is what can we do to help? What are you doing? What can Dr. Batar do? We're here for, for, for them. In this way, what what can we do?
2: Well, at this point, I'm really thinking it's a it's a two levels of fight. It's a political fight and a legal fight. Politically, we know CPS could just back down. They could just tell the family, "Okay, we've seen the child," and they have four or five times already. They, doctors have seen this. Three different doctors have seen this child. Two made stellar reports about his health and growth and all that. And they could say, "You don't no need to go to the the child abuse clinic appointment in September." Uh, We know, I I encourage the family to contact state reps in the the main legislature and physically go, physically go to the CPS office, the Department of Health and Human Service office, and say, look at this baby. This baby's healthy. Here are the doctor's reports. Call this off. Get the local press. You know, shame these people. God knows there are children who are in need of assistance. There are children who have been abused and neglected. Carson is not one of them. Carson is not where we need to put the state resources. So on one hand there, but we also need oath keepers. Think of it. We know how this plays out. When the state comes to take a child, the CPS worker doesn't say, give me the baby. They say, give me the baby or else you're getting arrested. Well, what happens if the family makes the linkages, political linkages with the local police, local sheriff, and they take the baby and say, look, he's healthy. Here are the doctors. He's healthy. When you get told to steal our baby we want you to stand down tell those people to jump in the lake Mm -hmm. there's if there's a court order that's one thing there's not going to be a court order cps doesn't come with a court order because if they had to go to court and to show that this baby's in need of assistance you already have two independent doctors going to say this child is thriving this child is healthy this child doesn't need vaccines and whatever the parents are and the family's giving is obviously working because his growth is good So that's that. On the legal end, you know, the family, they don't have an attorney. They haven't hired an attorney. They don't have money for that. But push come to shove, they might need to get an injunction to stop this uh, appointment from having to come to fruition on September 5th. And, again, that's my real concern because I think this Lawrence Ricci and I think people CPS in Maine and anywhere in the country, they can just declare overnight, your baby is unsafe. If you look – at the cps guidelines for evaluating a child they have things like at risk of danger you know safe unsafe mm-hmm. they can declare the child has a potential to be unsafe because of either the food he's getting or because he's not vaccinated yeah i In think this ma- is an important part i don't want to cut yes. you off
0: dr jones but this yeah. is a real good point because the relevance of them being able to review they have no they have no jurisdiction they have no claim to actually even review this and by showing up by showing up, they are actually going to lose. Period. End of right. story. No matter what they find, they're going to end up losing. This is very similar to when in the medical board issue that I dealt with, Robert, when they yes. invited me under uh, when they invited me to come and testify against myself to explain my practice of medicine, my philosophy, you know, my ex- my relationship with my lab, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I politely turned them down. I respectfully turned them down from the invitation. Mm-hmm. Refused the invitation, and that's when they started threatening me that I would lose my license because they can take my license for simply me not complying with a medical board order. And then I reminded them that you have not ordered me to do anything, and if you order me, then go ahead and order me, and we'll see
1: yes. what
0: happens. And then, of course, then they said, "Do you want us to file the order in August or in uh, September?" And I said, "I want to, you know, you to do it in July, which was earlier." And they said, "Okay, we're going to do it in December." It was that, that intimidation tactic right. and that's when we went to superior court and we fought it so that I would not have to appear unless it was recorded and unless there was – in other words, it was, it was their witch hunt. It's, I think this is a very similar situation that if the family actually goes, they are allowing the system to now take over and they automatically lose. Would
2: you, would you agree with me, Dr. Jones, that that is the issue here? Well, of course, th- there's an extreme fear here because we're talking about a young child, an infant, their first child. And, again, my thought is let's shine the light, right? (laughs) We know insects run from the light. Let's get local media. Let's get national international. Let's get them to say, oh, you want to invest? look at this baby? Good. Let's come to a neutral site. Let's get the TV cameras, and let's have you pronounce in front of the world. Now, I also told the family. I said, you get right out a letter saying that no one here at – at CPS, no, Dr. Ricci, b- child abuse office, we will never declare this child is at risk, at, at harm, threatened, uh, word about anything because he has no vaccines and get him to sign the same thing saying it's, you know we won't declare anything bad about him because he's taking this goat's milk formula and again my thought would be politically, they would never do that. But again, if it's on camera, if you mm-hmm. have local press there, if you have family and friends with your iPads recording, you know, I don't mean to plug iPad, but, you know, <laughs> get some recording device. You
1: yes. get,
2: force these people, get them in the light. They don't want to be in the light. No, they will they
1: scurry like roaches back under the uh, rocks yeah. that they came from. You're, yeah. very, you're very right here, Dr. Jones. And, you know, what you said, Dr. Batar, is also very correct in that you enter into that jurisdiction of a CPS. It's a quasi you know uh, say judge scenario it's not even a real court in that sense whereas if you're talking about getting an injunction against them you're holding them to the fire going on offense in that way rather than showing up at their hearing where the game is rigged right from the get-go
0: exactly exactly that's the whole point it's a
1: quasi-governmental
0: mm-hmm. office and they basically rig it however they want that's one of the reason they call it kangaroo court yeah
1: incredible well, Dr. Jones, man, it's amazing to connect with you. I'm glad Dr. Batar hooked, hooked us up together. I'm glad you're out there not only listening, but you're out there paying it forward, helping others you don't have to help because you feel it in your heart. It's the right thing to do, and you're putting it out there. I encourage everybody to read up on the story as we have it published here at robertscottbell.com as well, and tell your friends if they miss the show you're hearing it now. They can also catch it at medicalrewind.com where all the archives of the shows are uh, with uh, Dr. Batar here for Advanced Medicine Monday.
2: If I can add one last thing, one sure. last point. Yeah. Like the case of that young woman in in Minnesota, mm-hmm. you know, I called and I I imagine thousands of other listeners called their their offices and said you're doing something wrong with that baby. If people call up in Maine and call them and call the D, the DHS and call the CPS and say we know what you're doing it's wrong, leave this family alone. They're going to go find lower hanging fruit. They're going to go bully somebody else. Right. But they need to know people are watching and observing and paying attention. It doesn't cost that much to call, but people need to call. Email's not good enough. You got to. They got to get barrage of calls. Like I said, I called the one office of Dr. Tasha Hoffman and said, "What's your profit margin on the vaccines?" They got extremely hostile. They refused to answer. They hung up. They know what they're doing is not beneficial. If you're proud to give vaccines and you're proud to charge for your service, they're not.
1: So are you saying uh, that uh, Miss Tanya Allen, uh, uh, Tanya, is Tanya, mm-hmm. is uh, available, she's open as the grandmother to receive any assistance or talk to folks out there that want to provide help?
2: Yes, she's basically acting as a spokesperson for the family.
1: Okay. Well, we have that linked up in the press release that Dr. Jones put out, and it's got the phone number out there. Go check it out and also an email directly uh, to Tanya. So uh, this will yeah. be a- another bit of homework for those of you so inclined. If you feel the nudge to move that direction, Dr. Jones has made that open for everybody by putting this word out. And, uh, Dr. Vitar, man, I- I'm grateful that we all connected on this one.
0: Absolutely. I think it's an important message that everybody needs to know, and what Dr. Jones is doing actually is – Showing everybody as what we preach all the time, Robert, and what we do in our respective lives is that power to heal is theirs. And part of power to heal is making sure that you understand that you don't take away the power that you have or give away the power that you have to others and, and remove that healing from your own lives. That's right.
1: And with that, we'll be right back to wrap up the show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Rocking the health world through the power of radio it's the robert scott bell show want to remind all uh, my listeners here each week uh, of course six days a week that uh, the best-selling international best-selling book the nine steps to keep the doctor away by dr Batar, still out there if you haven't gotten it You know what, among many, we've discussed so many aspects of your book, Dr. Bittar, but one of the things it does is it helps people to have a better posture about the things we're talking about, to stand strong in their commitment to health in a different way so that they cannot be bullied as easily. As maybe in years past, and that—that that to me is one of the big things that we're talking about here as well, Doctor Batar.
0: I actually agree with you, Robert. It was funny because I was sitting over here slouched over when you <laughs> said the posture, and it made me immediately snap up. I felt like I was, you know, back in grade school and teachers correcting my posture. But no, you're absolutely right. It—it uh, it is. It's—it's it's, again that same message of empowerment that we bring up to people and. Mm-hmm. It's a known fact that if you allow yourself to have the victim mentality, you will, by definition, become a victim. And if you don't have that victim mentality, if somebody comes and pushes you and you stand up, they will always invariably find easier prey to go after. We've talked about this before, and I remember talking to my friend, very good friend, Dr. John Wilson, about this once at a medical conference. We were talking about why does one person have somebody come after them and one doctor have medical boards come after them and the other doctor doctors don't and why does one doctor stand up and another doctor doesn't and one of the interesting components that we discussed was the concept of pheromones where the prey gives off a pheromone and the predator can sense that pheromone can smell that pheromone and actually zeroes in on that pheromone think of it as a shark that seeks blood and any type Mm -hmm. of blood in the ocean the shark heads for that blood i think that that's part and parcel of what we're talking about don't give off that prey pheromone. Don't give off that victim energy. Don't give off that blood scent. It's
1: the fear. Fe- the fear pheromone. Exactly we do,
0: you know. the fear pheromone.
2: Exactly, Robert. That's yeah. it. That's exactly it.
1: Well, from a legal perspective, how do you how do you equate that, uh, Doctor Jones?
2: I think it's about giving notice. I again, I recall Doctor Batar said that when one of his uh, children was going to be born at a hospital, he put the hospital staff on notice. You're not going to vaccinate my child, told him well ahead of time, and they just backed down. They didn't even bring it up. Again, sadly, here in this case with baby Carson and the young mother, Alora, she knew enough. She had enough fortitude to say, you're not vaccinating my child. But she didn't know about the pinprick and taking the baby's blood. She didn't know that, hey, they're going to ask you about breastfeeding at WIC and they're going to set you up to force you mm-hmm. to, give your child GMO-laden soy and a bunch of processed sugar and all the rest of that. So it, it's about knowing ahead of time and, and l- putting people on notice that you're not going to be messed with, that you know your, your liberties, mm-hmm. you know your rights, you know what their limits are, and you're going to act in accordance with natural law, and you're going to act in accordance with you know, protecting your family, and let them stay on their side of the fence
1: beautifully said and uh, it's unfortunate that we have to look at having children as an act of war (laughs) but the state has basically declared it uh, by uh, targeting our children with needles that are containing such horrific ingredients we wouldn't put them in a a glass and drink them.
0: Robert it reminds me of a quote by district judge James Agrafee in a case that was heard in 1947 and the quote goes like this the privilege is neither accorded to the passive resistant nor the person who is ignorant of his rights, nor to one indifferent thereto. It is a fighting clause. Its benefits can be retained only by sustained combat. It cannot be retained by attorney or solicitor. It is valid only when insisted upon by a belligerent claimant in person. The one who is persuaded by honeyed words or moral suasion to testify or produce documents rather than make a last-ditch stand simply loses the protection. And this is an important point that I think we need to
1: remember. Yeah, unfortunately, we have an antagonistic, if I will say, uh, interaction that we, you know, even if we like to be nice and spiritual and airy and fairy, the concept of spirituality always being nice, not necessarily correct, especially when it's in defense of your children and our birthright and health, freedom and healing liberty. Uh, Last word on this, uh, Dr. Jones, before we wrap up here.
2: Uh, Don't vaccinate your children. Don't register with the state. Don't have to get a birth certificate. Write it down in in some family religious text. Uh, Doesn't matter what religion it is. And get witnesses and tell the state what you're going to do before they come and try to control you.
1: Amen to that. And also, uh, if you'd like to reach uh, Dr. John Calvin Jones directly, I have his email linked up in the show notes. If I will, I'm going to read it right now. Biko97JCJ at Hotmail.com. That's Biko, B-I-K-O, 97JCJ. At hotmail.com. Also, in the show notes at the blog at robertscottbell.com, we have all of the wonderful Advanced Medicine Mondays we've done here with Dr. Rashi Battar We appreciate you both, and what a special edition! Uh, we'll we'll follow up on this as this uh, as this continues here. So, what we're left with, you guys know it. Uh, we just have to remind each and every one of you out there that the power to heal is still yours. <laughs>
2: The Robert Scott Bell Scott Bell Show.